Hey, what's up, everybody? Coulter Nuanas, Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com. Thanks so much uh, for hanging out with me here. Coming to you on Wednesday, December 28th. We're about, oh, I don't know, 29 hours away from the opening of Big Sky Conference basketball. Um, haven't done much Big Sky basketball because Big Sky football went all the way until a couple weeks ago. We'll have a full postseason breakdown on both Montana State, who made it to the Final Four of the FCS playoffs, and Montana, who was eliminated in the round of 16. We'll have separate podcasts coming up here in the next couple weeks. We always take the last couple weeks of December off to kind of recharge. Last year, we had to turn it right back on and go to the national championship game. But this year, football season, for Big Sky Conference teams at least, over before the holiday began. So hope everybody had a great holiday. Uh, today, though, we'll be talking five interesting things about the Women's Basketball League, five interesting things about the Men's Basketball League. Look at some of the top transfers in the conference on the men's side. Then we have a continuation of a fun new countdown. Uh, John Velk, Velk Law, one of our new sponsors. They're the presenting sponsor of all Grizz Basketball content this season at SkylineSportsMT.com. And I got to know Velk really well, a lawyer here in town. Uh, any and all personal injury, you can go his way. Any car accident you've been in, give Velk and his team a call. Anyways, he's been sitting right next to me at uh, Grizz Basketball Games for uh, the, the last four seasons. This is my fifth year back in Missoula, so this would be my fifth Grizz season sitting courtside. And so got to know him really well. He knows a ton about basketball. He's played a ton of basketball. So I just thought it'd be fun to have him as part of his uh, partnership with us at Skyline Sports give us his top 12 players in Grizz history from 12 through 1, a countdown style. So we're just going to catch up for like 10 minutes each week. Uh, good good you know, excuse for me to have lunch with a buddy, and then we talk some Grizz hoops and boom. Also tell you a little bit about what he's got going on in his law firm as well, but uh, this week we get the countdown started off. Why 12? Because there's 12 weeks of Big Sky Conference play leading up to the Big Sky Tournament in Boise. So we'll have... Little installments there with Velk, and then I'll give you three big things about the Grizz, the Bobcats, the Lady Grizz, and the Montana State women's basketball team as well, all uh, here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Thanks to our great sponsors, Nick Tabor, Westpac Wealth, John Velk at Velk Law, J&V Restaurant Supply, your home for everything kitchen, Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity, Blackfoot Communications, helping you connect to more. Blackfoot Communications just launched new business services delivering big value to smaller firms. With reliable voice, fast internet, business-grade Wi-Fi, and around-the-clock support, Blackfoot ensures you remain connected to your customers, employees, and communities throughout the day, every day. For more information, go to blackfootsmallbusiness.com. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. So let's take a look around uh, the Big Sky Conference. Five interesting things about the women's league. I'm going to try to just make these quick hitting so I don't ramble too much. As I, you know, I'm just sitting here <laughs> on my girlfriend's couch. This is, uh, you know, I've been off for like five days and uh, I have a haircut in two and a half hours. I know you're saying if you've ever seen me, you're like, what hair? That's right. But I, I go get the beard trimmed up and get the head shaved. <laughs> so shout out to my guys down at uh, Compass Barbershop. F- free plug for you guys because you guys are awesome. Always hooking it up. Uh, anyways, I don't have anything going on. So I'm just sitting here all by myself. And uh, 
I knew I wanted to do some research, and I figured, well, let's be productive with the time. I'm very much interested in, you know, the ins and outs of Big Sky Conference men's and women's basketball. we got a big uh, slate coming up for you this upcoming next couple months leading up to Boise. Uh, I'll be working on behalf of the Big Sky Conference as well, doing some stuff on ESPN Plus and YouTube, and uh, got some other fun stuff coming down the pipe as well. So uh, that'll all be really fun. It's always interesting just sitting here solo dolo and uh, talking to yourself. So we uh, we won't try to have too much tangent uh, in here. I'll give you five interesting things about the women's league starting right now. Montana State, the defending Big Sky Conference uh, tournament champions, they return the ma- vast majority of their core from a year ago, and uh, this is a year they've been charging up for a long time. Darian White's senior year, Cola Bad Bears senior year, uh, and they have a lot of reputable and uh, noticeable uh, names, familiar names, shall we say, around the Big Sky Conference. And they had a great non-conference. They're seven and five, which is uh, behind um, Sacramento State for the uh, the best record in the league. Here, here's how the uh, non-conference looks right now um, coming into Big Sky Conference play. Sac State went 9-2. and two. We'll get to them in just a minute. Eastern Washington looks much improved. They went 7-3. and three. Northern Colorado 7-4. and four. Montana State 7-5. and five. I'd say the Bobcats, though, uh, had one of the toughest non-conference slates, and they had four really good wins during that slate. They won three games against Mountain West teams. BYU... Uh, Nevada and San Jose State, the BYU and San Jose State games on the road. So those are impressive wins. And uh, South Dakota State, they beat them in, in Bozeman when South Dakota State was receiving votes in the top 25 poll. And uh, SDSU went on to went out and beat Kansas State, a top 25 team, a couple weeks later. So huge win. That was a quality win for uh, Montana State's women. So uh, that's where we start with our five interesting things uh, about the women's league. Speaking of Sac State, uh, that 9-2 and two record, they never left the state of California. So smart scheduling by second-year head coach Mark Campbell. I do think that the second-year head coaches who can help, help their team take the biggest jump is one of the biggest storylines in the league. Uh, what does Brian Holzinger do in uh, year two at Montana? What sort of jump can he make? That's an interesting fold. What sort of jump can Mark Campbell make in year two at Sac State? Chelsea Gregg at Portland State is also uh, an interesting one. And, uh, you know, I think that's you see that, too, in those non-conference schedulings. The coaches have so much control over the scheduling, and so the second-year coaches, they're, they're getting their wits about them. They're understanding how to do that stuff. I mean, I think the guys like Mark Campbell and Brian Holzinger came from the Power Five, they sort of had a blueprint anyways. They have a lot of connections because they've been around for a while. But I think that the fact that you see under second-year head coaches, Sac State, Eastern Washington, Portland State, all – significantly better in terms of their non-conference records uh, under second-year head coaches. I think that's definitely one of the uh, the bigger storylines in the league. But Sac State, 9-2 uh, and two in the non-conference, and they didn't leave the state of California. It was pretty interesting. They lost uh, 60-58 to UC Irvine before winning uh, six in a row with wins at Santa Clara, at home against Santa Barbara, uh, at home against UC Davis, at Cal Poly, at home against, I guess it was at Cal Poly's tournament in San Luis Obispo, uh, but against UTEP, and then they beat Fresno State in Sacramento. So that's interesting. They lost to San Diego State 
uh, on the road and then finished up the non-conference with wins over Cal State Bakersfield, Cal State Northridge, and Cal State Fullerton. I'm pretty sure I can't really even think of another school in California besides Sac State and all those other schools I just named. But interest, interesting and fun scheduling uh, by Mark Campbell. But his team opens up Big Sky Conference play on the road at Portland State. They just have the single game this week. That's the, you know, everybody in the league's going to have the a couple weeks throughout the conference schedule where they just have the one game, and that's what uh, Portland State, Sac State is uh, on the women's. About the women's league, here's some of the best uh, non-conference victories. I mentioned those Mountain West wins by Montana State. They have four of the ones on my list here. Uh, Eastern Washington also won at Boise State, so that's a big win there uh, for the Eagles under second-year head coach Jody Gleason. That's another one of those second-year programs. We'll see how uh, that turns out. Uh, but big win there over Boise State. Uh, Eastern also drilled Utah State. Utah State must not be very, very good. I think Eastern's much improved. But uh, 84-54 over Utah State, I was uh, I, I raised an eyebrow at that one as well. I mentioned the Fresno State win by Sac State. Uh, Portland State also beat Fresno State. Wins of note in the non-conference. Part of the glory of building a business comes from leaving a legacy to ensure your business continues thriving into the future. Have you asked yourself lately, what is your plan? Forming a personalized business succession plan is essential to know the passion you put into your business will carry on. Nick Tabor at Westpac Wealth is here to help you navigate all your business succession and retirement planning needs. Give Nick a call at 728-6699 and keep the spirit of possibility vibrant while making your future more tax efficient with a personalized business succession and retirement plan for you. Uh, here's a look at your Big Sky Conference Players of the Week so far throughout this this season. I think it's kind of a who's who of Big Sky Conference women's basketball. Jadia Martin of Eastern Washington and Darian White of Montana State shared the first week. I think it's Kalijah Dean. If I'm not saying that correctly, somebody please help correct me. But I think it's Kalijah Dean of Sac State. She's a transfer. Came to uh, Sac from Oakland University and one of the leading scorers in the league so far this year, and the player of the week in the league, her second week at Sac State. Third week, Beyonce B. and Isnell Natabo, Beyonce B. of Idaho and Isnell Natabo of Sac State, two of the leading candidates for Big Sky Conference preseason MVP, as is Darian White. So that's a theme. Gabby Fields, Northern Colorado, Isnell Natabo again at Sac State, and then Beyonce B. at Idaho. So, so far, I think you see that uh, – the who's who of the league, Darian White, Beyonce B, Isnell Natabo, have all been as advertised uh, in the Big Sky Conference or in the non-conference leading up to Big Sky Conference play. Blackfoot Communications continues to lift up our local entrepreneurs, delivering the resources needed to transform ideas into businesses. Our C2M beta program was founded with the mission to connect local entrepreneurs to more. With access to more professional expertise, more state-of-the-art technology, and more development resources, our 12-week program delivers the foundational and modern skills required to transform influential ideas into thriving businesses. Apply today at goblackfoot.com slash apply. All right, let's do five things about the uh, men's league. Montana State, the only team, the and they are also, also the Big Sky Conference defending regular season and tournament champions. Uh, Montana State's the only team in the Big Sky and men's hoops with a with a winning record so far. Uh, the Bobcats seven and six. That was with a three-game skid where they went up to Canada, played in the Northern Classic, and dropped three in a row. That was a bad three-game uh, skid for the Bobcats. Uh, 
they could be a lot even better, even though they've been a little bit up and down. Um, they should have won at Grand Canyon in week one, but they let Grand Canyon dominate the second half and rally for a 60-54 uh, win, even though Montana State led by double digits in the first half in that one. Bobcats have one of the best non-conference wins of the year when they won at Long Beach State, the big defending Big West champions. Then Montana State played terrible against Oregon, lost by 30, drilled a, a Warner Pacific team, which, who knows, won at North Dakota. North Dakota's not very good. And then they went up to the Northern Classic, lost to UNC Greensboro, lost to Quinnipiac, and lost to Middle Tennessee. Definitely frustrating if you're Danny Sprinkle because I don't think you wanted to lose any of those three games. Uh, but tough uh, playing on a neutral court. One of the better wins of the non-conference, though, Montana State won 86-83 at Southern Utah. That's a tough place to play. Southern Utah, formerly of the Big Sky Conference, remains good, and that sparked what became then a four-game winning streak for the Cats. They also beat St. Thomas at home, Omaha at home, Northwest Indian College in Bozeman, and then they lost 85-64 at Arizona, but they were in that game. They were only down five with, I think, nine minutes to go, and then Arizona uh, pulled away, but... Still, they were not totally overwhelmed. So the Cats have been up and down so far. Uh, in the non-conference, they let some games that they probably thought they could or should have won uh, slip away, yet they are the only team uh, in the league with a above 500 record at 7-6. and six. Montana went 6-6. Six and six. Sacramento State 6-6, six and six. Eastern Washington 6-7, six and seven. Idaho much improved at 6-7, six and seven. Portland State, we'll get to them in a minute, 6-7, six and seven. Northern Colorado 5-7, and seven. Weber 5-8, and eight. Northern Arizona 4-9, and nine. and Idaho State is 3-10. and ten. Number two interesting thing about this uh, Big Sky Conference Men's League, they went 3-16 and 16 against Power Conference teams, including, and that, that includes uh, the Big East, not just the Power Five as well as Gonzaga. Gonzaga played a couple Big Sky Conference opponents. Uh, so not much success this year. I don't know where the league is going to be at. I, 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 just, I, I wonder and sometimes worry if it's down, but I also wonder and sometimes just think that I might just – there just might be a perception that it's down because it's so unfamiliar. I mean, most of the best players on the good teams or the teams that are expected to contend, I should say, are transfers, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. So there is an unfamiliarity there. You do have a lot of familiarity with Montana State with some of the guys they bring back, like league MVP Jabril Bello and uh, Raekwon Battle, but they also have a whole bunch of new faces as well, guys are going to have to step up. Uh, but there was not a lot of success against the top teams uh, in the uh, in college basketball. The, the three Power Five or, or Power Conference, I should say, wins. Two of them by Portland State. They beat Oregon State 79-66 in Corvallis, and then they beat Oregon State again in the return of the home-and-home. Home. I can't believe Oregon State did that. And they lost in Portland 83-71 to Portland State. So that's interesting. Portland State has had a couple other good wins. They've also had some tough losses. So, as always, Mercurial and... Uh, Enigmatic Portland State men's basketball, but super talented and can beat you for sure. And then the other Power Five win or Power Conference win, I should say, Eastern Washington beat Cal 50 48 in Berkeley. The other uh, impressive non conference wins we mentioned that 70 57 Montana State win over Long Beach State. Sac State also beat Long Beach State. Long Beach State beat Idaho. So that's a common opponent. Hold that thought. We'll get to that dynamic here in just a minute. Uh, we mentioned the MSU win at Southern Utah. Northern Colorado, who lost earlier this year, 
uh, to Colorado Christian at D2. Then they come back and beat Colorado State. So they're, they're sort of a microcosm of the back and forth, the up and down. I thought that across the league, the uh, the league started pretty bad. I mean, the opening night was just a bloodbath. Pretty much everybody that played another D1 team lost, uh, either blown out or all the way back down to heartbreaking fashion like the Cats. But uh, – then you've also had these landmark wins like Northern Colorado's win over Colorado State. I'm not sure how good CSU is, but that's still a good win for Northern Colorado for sure. Uh, other good non-conference wins, Montana's 81-56 win over South Dakota State. Uh, SDSU went out and beat Eastern Washington later on in the non-conference. Uh, Sac State won out Fresno State, 59-53. Portland State beat a pretty good Cal Baptist team, 74-72. And uh, probably the, the best non-conference win of this uh, last couple months, I'd say probably Weaver State at Utah State. Utah State was undefeated at that point and uh, was unbeaten at home, obviously. So uh, those are some of your best non-conference wins. Probably the worst losses of the non-conference, Northern Colorado losing 70-69 to Colorado Christian. Uh, non-D1, Idaho State losing a non-D1 game, 77-76 to Lindenwood. And then Montana losing 59-56 to Air Force. Now, Air Force is not terrible, but I do think that uh, – and I also think that was a turning point game for the uh, the Grizzlies. But that's a game that they – I think – if they play any sort of well, they win, and I think that that then maybe even ups their trajectory and uh, their momentum coming into conference play. But either way, it was an eye-opener, so maybe that makes it a good thing. Uh, one other note i got to have a rant on just for a quick minute. We have decided we are not covering non-D1 games at uh, Skyline Sports anymore. We're not going to – I mean, we might follow it. We might tweet about it or something, but I'm not going to spend any time writing a recap over um, – Opponents, especially if they're like not even NCAA, like playing NAIA teams and some of these, I mean, Northwest Indian and Sagu GC and all these crazy, uh, you know, Yellowstone Christian. It's like a scrimmage. It's fine. You did it. I know why you do it. I totally understand the realities of it. We'll talk about it on this podcast from time to time, mostly just to rant about it. But to me i'm not going to spend any time communicating the the ins and outs and details of games when a team was winning by 70 60 70 80 points so that also then influences the non-conference statistics too though because it's just out of the you know 10 11 12 13 non-conference games you play and so if you have a whole bunch you have a game where you're winning by 85 that's so many extra points for so many guys and maybe a ton of extra points or rebounds or whatever for for certain guys, so it does inflate your stats a little bit. So here are some of the dumbest, <laughs> in my mind, wins. Uh, these are the games I'm talking about. This is the only credence we're going to give them. I'm not ever going to write recaps or features or anything about these types of games. But Idaho beat Walla Walla 122 to 48. That's a 74 point margin. Montana State beat Warner Pacific 106 to 64. That's a 42 point margin. MSU also beat Northwest Indian 144 to 59. That's an 85 point margin, the largest margin uh, on the board. <laughs> Closely followed by Portland State 114, Portland Bible 31. That's an 83 point margin. Just unbelievable. 
Uh, Eastern Washington also beat Northwest Indian 130 to 54. That's a 76 point margin. <laughs> and uh, Idaho beat Northwest Indian 125 to 51. So just 74 points. Poor Northwest Indian losing by 76, 74, and 85. I, I get that though, that team is obviously just playing the regional teams, you know, just getting games in. Whatever. I totally get it. It's totally fine. And if you want to go watch it, whatever. It's all good. I'm just not, we're just not going to spend any time on those because <laughs> it's just not in the spirit of competition to really give any analysis to 85 point uh basketball wins <laughs> whether you're in the restaurant business or you just want to host any big event jmv restaurant supply can make sure you have everything you need jmv restaurant supply is your home for everything kitchen whether you're a bear or a bobcat an eagle or a scotty jmv restaurant has everything you might need they have locations in bozeman billings and great falls if you can't make it in jmv also has a great website jvrestaurant.com get everything you need for your next event at jmv your restaurant specialists. Speaking of scheduling, a couple common opponents for Big Sky Conference men's basketball teams. North Dakota State played Montana, Eastern Washington, and Northern Colorado, lost all three. North Dakota played Montana State and Idaho, lost to both. Denver beat Idaho State and lost twice to Sac State, including on a buzzer beater by Jack, Zach Chappelle, who we'll talk about here in just a minute. So Utah played four Big Sky Conference games. The Thunderbirds were good when they were in the Big Sky. It looked like they'd still be good in the league. They beat SAC, Idaho State, and Northern Arizona and lost by three to Montana State, one of the better uh, non-conference efforts by the Bobcats. Uh, Air Force played Northern Colorado and Montana, lost or beat both, excuse me, and then lost to Portland State. A uh, couple more fun things about the league. SAC State has shown flashes in David Patrick's first season. Uh, they lost to San Diego. Excuse me. They won at San Diego and at Denver. Lost in double OT to Southern Utah. Uh, they beat Long Beach State and Fresno State. So six and six, pretty good in uh, David Patrick's first season. And I think the Hornets. You know, Hornets have always had good talent, and they're always right there in the middle of the league. And a couple times in the last ten years or so, they've jumped up to the top of the league. Uh, Patrick comes in with. Uh, High pedigree, respected amongst his peers for sure, uh, especially within the league. Brought in a ton of transfers right away. So, uh, and he's got Zach Chappelle as one of his returners, uh, who was a transfer into Sac State last year, playing at a high level. Uh, so we'll see what Sac State can do uh, now that league play is here. It would be weird this year not seeing Randy Ray in the league. He was a uh, he was the head coach at Weber State for 16 years. And so it'll be interesting to see how Weber does in the post-Ray era. I still think, and Weber is, has been uh, up and down during this non-conference, but they did play really well against Utah State in that win. Uh, just 5-8 and eight Weber is, but that's one of the best non-conference wins. And I still think they have the best player in the league. I voted Dylan Jones as the preseason MVP. I think that when he is at his best, he's the best player in the league, the most impactful player in the league. Uh, I think he can be the most dominating player in the league. I think at his highest level, Jabril Bello is the most dominating player in the league. But I think Dylan Jones has uh, more likelihood to go to the highest level, and he also impacts the game in so many ways. Bello is so good defensively when he's playing really well, but uh, Dylan Jones is such a good facilitator. He's such a ferocious rebounder. Uh, he's such a good competitor, and he's just got such good basketball savvy, such good IQ. So I still think that he's one of the best guys in the league. So we'll see what that does uh, for Weber State. 
couple more fun things uh, about the men's league. Uh, don't sleep on Isaac Jones. He is definitely one of the top players in the league, a junior college transfer uh, from Wenatchee Valley Junior College. He he had a 61-point game in JC last year. Unbelievable. He's had a 31-point game in D1 this year, though, and he's averaging over 19 points per game. He's shooting 71% from the field. Unbelievable efficiency. He goes 6'9", 245, so he's got a, a big body and uh, really efficient and uh, – Idaho's a lot better. Uh, I know that they still are up up and down a little bit, but um, I mean they they've been like a they've had only a handful of wins the last couple of years. So I already have six in the non conference. Uh, pretty good for the Vandals. The players of the week so far in the men's league: Dylan Jones won the first week. Josh Bannon of Montana, who looks like he is absolutely ready to affirm uh, his spot as one of the top guys in the league. He was preseason all big all big sky. And uh, he's been really good uh, early on for, for Montana. Top 10 in the league in, in scoring and rebounding and has that player of the week. Steel Venters, uh, the returning preseason all-league guy from Eastern Washington. Uh, shooting guard, really good shooter, really good scorer. Scored 33 points against North Dakota State. And uh, he's one of the best homegrown players in the league. Zach Chappelle, who we mentioned, he had two buzzer beaters in the same week. Scored 25 points in both games. Uh, with six seconds six seconds left against Long Beach State, Chappelle went coast to coast and hit a highly contested layup with half a second left uh, to seal the victory. And then against Denver, he hit a shot with five seconds left in overtime and then hit another clutch shot with two seconds left to put Sack up for good, 87-85. So pretty darn impressive. Chappelle, who's a former transfer from San Jose State, averaging more than 16 points per game, shooting almost 50% from the field and almost 44% from beyond the three-point line. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. That's the last interesting thing I'll leave you with before we get to John Belk and his top 12 countdown. The best Grizz he's seen while sitting courtside. Uh, There's transfers, transfers, transfers everywhere, man. You look at the top 20 scorers in the league, and 16 of them are transfers. The leading rebounder in the league, Colin McRae of Sac State, formerly of UC Riverside. The leading assist guy in the league, Darius Brown of Montana State, formerly of... uh, Cal State Northridge. And then you go from top to bottom, Isaac Jones, who we already talked about from Idaho. Jalen Cohn, who's a Virginia Tech transfer at Northern Arizona, second in the league in scoring. Dalen Kuntz, Colorado transfer, who's at Northern Colorado. He's one of the top scorers in the league. Dalton Neck from uh, a junior college, who's at Northern Colorado now, a top five scorer in the league. Devontae Moffitt, a Seattle Pacific transfer to Idaho. He's sixth in the league in scoring. Raekwon Battle, uh, Montana State by way of Washington. He's one of the top MVP candidates in the league early on, or at least I think so. I think he's definitely one of the most talented guys in the league. Darrell Satterfield from Portland State's top 10 in the league in scoring. He's a transfer from UTEP. Zach Chappelle from San Jose State to to Sac State. Annan Moody, Southern Utah to Montana. Cam Parker, Montana to Portland State. Miguel Tomley, 
Santa Clara to Idaho State. Brock McKenzie, who went from Point Loma to Idaho State. Jabril Bellow, the reigning Big Sky Conference MVP, who's from a junior college in Wyoming before landing at Montana State. Steve Verplankin, a Southern Illinois transfer who lands at Weaver State. Colin McRae, who we mentioned. I mean, up and down, pretty much everybody is a transfer. The uh, the guys that aren't transfers, Steel Veterans, who we mentioned. Dylan Jones, who we mentioned. Josh Bannon of Montana and Brandon Whitney of Montana. So, in my opinion, probably two of the top 10 or 12 players in the league. And I think that Dylan Jones and Josh Bannon are probably two of the top three players in the league. And I think that Steel Ventures is definitely in there in the the top 10 for sure. So uh, several really good guys, four of the best players in the league, Dylan Jones, Steel Ventures, Josh Bannon, Brandon Whitney, are those four-year homegrown guys. But it's it's pretty much impossible now uh, that you don't take transfers. As I mentioned, John Velk, Velk Lot, they are the presenting sponsor of all Grizz Hoops coverage and contributing sponsor of the Big Sky Breakdown here this basketball season. And uh, John sat courtside for more than 40 years in some capacity. And uh, University of Montana alum, a guy who knows a ton about Grizz basketball. So he's doing his top 12 players he's ever seen during his time uh, sitting courtside watching Grizz games. Here's our conversation from Ruby's Cafe, of all places. Uh, not even of all places. That's our new go-to spot, our good, our new uh, meeting spot. Appreciate Ruby's Cafe for letting us uh, hang out down there. And uh, I don't know, maybe we'll see if they can get us uh, some free lunch. I'll train them out for some tomato soup. Either way, we're going to probably keep going there. I love Ruby's institution here uh, in Missoula. Uh, here's John Velk, his top 12 players in uh, Grizz basketball history. Number 12, a tie. <laughs> He's already making his own rules. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. We're sitting down here at uh, one of our new favorite spots, Ruby's Cafe, Big Sky Breakdown, and we're transitioning into basketball now, and this is the continuation. We launched this uh, little mini-series within the Big Sky Breakdown a couple weeks ago, and now we have conference action on the horizon. Thursday night, Montana uh, opens up conference play at home against Idaho, uh, Eastern Washington's in Bozeman to play the Cats, and then they flip-flop like they always do, and then you'll have uh, Eastern here on uh, Saturday afternoon to play at Montana. So John Velk, our uh, new Big Sky Conference and Montana basketball sponsor. He'll be giving us his top 10, I guess top 12, Montana Grizzlies of all time. We get, we did all the non-four-year guys first to get this countdown launched, and now we're going to go 12 through number one. Uh, so looking forward uh, to this. Before we get to any of that, though, Velk, first of all, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Uh, how was Gonzaga? I was texting you because I was watching the game, and I was going to invite you to come watch with us, and you just sent me a shot courtside. <laughs> so uh, you had a little better seat than me. How was it in Spokane? It was awesome. Uh, probably actually the worst, second worst roads I've ever driven on in my life. We had about four near-death experiences on the way over, and there's about 40 semis in the ditch and locked going the other way, luckily. So yeah. we were able to pull in there, have a nice steak dinner at Churchill's, made it to the game about five minutes before tip-off, and it was a heck of a game. We were right in it. Right to the end, you know, Moody's at the free throw line. We're down by five with about three minutes and 18 seconds yeah. to go, and he uncharacteristically misses those. If he makes those two and it's a three-point game, it could have been a different result. Pretty it was super, super good effort by Montana. They ended up losing 85-75 to the number 11 team in the country, but Gonzaga's been, yeah, I mean, I think they've won 37-38 in a row at home, one of the longest home winning streaks uh, in the country. And, uh, I mean, they got one of the best players in college basketball and Drew Timmy. I thought that was one of the most promising parts I saw in this game was Timmy had his way. He did whatever he wanted. He had 32 points and 11 rebounds. But it didn't make it so that Montana – 
got avalanche, though. I, I think it showed that you can go against one of the best guys. He can have a great game, and Montana can still be in the game. Because like you said, I mean, it was two possessions all the way down the last two minutes. Well, agreed. And, and what it showed is it shows that we've got a little more depth across the field. I mean, uh, B. Witt, Brandon Whitty had a great game. He was taking it in among their bigs, including uh, Timmy, and scoring well. And, and uh, Moody, Moody was a little off on his shot. But he still ended up with, I think, 12, 15 points, something like that. And Bannon played great down low, solid, solid the whole time. And actually, Deshaun Thomas, that's probably the first time that I've seen him take a couple off the dribble. Rather than just a follow-up or a three, he took a couple nice little 10-footers inside that showed me a lot. He moved quick and had a little fadeaway on one that was real buttery. So we've got a lot of depth, and I think we're starting to gel as a team. Josh Bannon's to the point, too, where we see a lot of great players get to where now his next step is just being able to embrace the the notion that he's unstoppable because, I mean, he was like 9 of 13 from the field going against Drew Timmy. I mean, he, he was absolutely as good as anybody on the court for a lot of the game. And I think that was that, that was impressive. The only times he's had lulls this year, you could tell, is when he misses a couple in a row and then he's kind of stuck in his head about it. Other than that, though, I think once he turns the corner and realizes, oh, man, I'm a junior now. I'm a dog. Like, yeah. I think he has a chance to be a, a tr- an MVP candidate in the Big Sky. I, I completely agree with you. JB is really, really figuring out his game and starting to get a lot more confidence. And that's got to do a lot for his confidence going against Timmy down low oh. and having that kind of a game. I mean, those are solid numbers. It's 60, 80% from the field and and solid rebounding against a guy that's taller and, and you know, his national exposure across the way. No, it, it's really good. It's kind of kind of reminds me of when Crisco were the same age, Larry Kristoyak, yeah. where you'd watch the game and you'd be like, well, he had a pretty good game. It wasn't too bad. And then you look at the stat sheet and it's like, oh, my gosh, he filled it up. He filled up the stat sheet, but it was quiet, kind of quiet. Yeah. So, well, last thing about this current Grizz team before we get to the the uh, countdown here, I thought it was uh, a great coaching job over the last couple months by Travis DeCure because when I watched Montana against Duquesne the first game of the year, I was like, oh shit, they're they're not any good. They didn't get any better. They're they're awful, and they got blown out. They lost by thirty. Then they went on the road the next night and played at Xavier, and they looked terrible. They lost by thirty again, and you're like, oh man. This is the same old thing as the last couple of years, and it wasn't though. Then they they had a couple games where they didn't have their full lineup, and they played at Air Force, and they lost. And then, I mean, Travis said multiple times, it's like we had to come to Jesus meeting, and everybody figured it out. And then they won four in a row, and then they went and competed against Gonzaga. So, I think that uh, they turned the corner at the right time. They're coming into Big Sky Conference play, playing pretty well. They should be pretty confident. Yeah, I feel the same way. I went, I told everybody, of course, even though I'm introverted, I did tell a lot of people I felt yeah, good about introvert Velk. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I told everybody, I'm like, they look great. The coaches are excited. The players are excited. They've bonded. They've, you know, they're in synchrony. And, and then they go out and get shellacked twice. And I'm like, ugh. And then, of course, everybody, all my friends are nice at heckling me and pointing out that I'm wrong. And so I got a lot of that. But I agree with you. The coaching has been phenomenal. Now that we got our full roster together with both the guards working out there full time, I said it. It's really coming along. I really feel like we're gelling. We've got a good chance. Well, let's get into this uh, first couple of this uh, 
top 12 countdown. So we're going 12 through uh, one. So we got number 12. We got two guys at number 12 here. By the way, this is part of the Big Shed Breakdown brought to you by John Velk and Velk Law. You've been in any sort of car accident, give Velk and his team a call. Uh, who do you got at number 12? Which one do you want to go with first? Well, let's go with the youngster. Let's go with Jordan Haskett. Uh, probably not that young compared to a lot of people, but to me is. And I, I watched him at Sentinel when he was playing. My son was uh, over at Sentinel at the time. And uh, just an unbelievable score, unbelievable all-around player. It made it look like he wasn't doing much and uh, was just lighting people up generally. Haskett, I, I never forget, Haskett's two years older than me. Uh, his younger brother, Kellett, is my same grade. And uh, his aunt, Karen Deedon, before she came back to coach, she was playing in the now defunct American Basketball League. This was right before the WNBA. And she is sisters in law with uh, formerly Don Siliker, now Don Deedon. And Don Deedon was the uh, middle school basketball coach out at Hellgate Elementary. So we used to always go to camps out there. And, you know, we're thinking we're hot shit. We're seventh grade. You know, we're killing it, whatever. <laughs> And in walks this kid who's about to be a freshman at, at Sentinel. Well, he's like six seven already, and he just lit us up. That was when McGillis was going to those camps with me, too, and a couple of my other buddies. And we were like, oh, man, we got a long ways to go. <laughs> That's what varsity guys were like. And then Jordan was on varsity for four years out there at Sentinel. And then uh, I remember he kind of had a slow start to his freshman year. And once he figured it out, he was just a stalwart. I mean, he's in the starting lineup for like 100-plus straight games. I think he ended up as a 1,000-point scorer, 500 rebounds. And, uh, I mean, he's like three-time All-Big Sky. So uh, he was a really good one. And uh, I think sometimes with those guys that stay home, there's a lot of pressure that comes with it. And he was one of the guys that embraced the pressure the, the best. He, he always seemed to be – Will, he was he was he liked being at home and then he really liked playing for Missoula. Yeah, I agree. Well, you know, his dad Pete and I used to play a little uh, Ray Bryant League, City League, and stuff. And you'll never find anybody more competitive than a Haskett. That whole clan fought their way off the high line and uh, and made everything on their own. They're all battlers. They're all tough. They're all solid people. So uh, that kind of that kind of uh, Oh, I don't know how to say it. Basically, personality yeah. runs through that whole family, and you can't stop it. And Pete used to shoot unlimited range, and back then there was no three-point range, so he wasn't doing it for <laughs> for points. He was just like, well, I'm open. I'm, I'm at half court. I'm putting it up. Seth Curry before then, and he definitely taught his boys how to do that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Jordan was 6'9", and he was a post player, but he wasn't really a post player because he could stretch the floor. He's one of the best three-point shooters, especially for a big guy that, that Montana's had. Made 152 threes in his career, scored 1,396 points, 718 rebounds. So as far as guys that scored 1,000 and had 500 rebounds, there's only a couple of them in Montana history, so uh, he definitely deserves to be on this list. Okay, who's the other co-number 12? Who else you got? Co-number 12 is a guy my age that I played a lot of basketball with, Scott Zanin out of Kalispell. And Z, probably for a six-footer, probably one of the most unbelievable athletic talents all around ever that I can remember or that I've ever seen. He was uh, the Montana State high jump record holder for years and years and years. I actually just looked it up. Somebody broke his record's been broken twice since the early '80s, but that six ten mark that he had in high school stood for two decades plus. So that's a testament to his jumping as, as a six footer, right? Which is incredible. He 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 ran track at Montana. He played football at Montana. He's one of those rare three sport, just rare athletes. Guy from Kalispell, Montana. But he was, uh, I mean, by the time his career was said and done, top twenty scorer in Grizz history, averaged seventeen and a half points a game. His senior year so um 
guys like that just don't come around anymore, the multi-sport guys like that. Yeah, no, definitely. Against us in football, I played for Haver. Um, they beat us our junior year and knocked us out of the playoffs, and we returned the favor his senior year. And I remember we were up by a couple touchdowns, and the coach just said, you know, just don't let him score. So I'm an outside linebacker. I'm probably 40 yards down the field. And he rolls to his left as a right-hander and chucks this ball. And it was only about 10 feet off the ground when it left. And I'm like, oh, I got this. I'm standing there, and it rips over me like a frozen rope. 20 yards behind me over the safety who also was sitting there thinking he had the pickoff for a touchdown and we're like I'm glad he didn't do that earlier in the game that was rough <laughs> Zanin finished his career third all time in career assistant Montana he had two of the top five single season marks ever and uh, he was named one of the 50 greatest basketball players in the history of the state of Montana at the prep and college levels by Montana sports a couple years ago so uh, definitely worthwhile is there any definitive memory you have of watching him play when he was playing for the Grizz <sighs> You know, I don't necessarily think there was anything definitive because he was just he was in Mike's system, Mike Montgomery's yeah. system. So he was gonna he was like a thoroughbred that was highly uh, highly restrained yeah. the whole time. You know, you never every now and then he'd get a breakaway or something like that and just absolutely tomahawk pound it, and the whole crowd would be like, "Wow." We didn't know he could do that. But one time after they played the N- in the NIT against UCLA. It was spring break, and they came over to my buddy's place, and he and Larry got into a dunk contest, and he did a 360 cuff dunk. And I'm going to tell you, nobody did that back then unless they were maybe 6'8". Yeah. And he did it, and we all sat there, including Larry, and he goes, eh, uh, you won. <laughs> if you beat a guy 10 inches taller than you in a dunk contest, that's uh, that's a pretty good day. John Velk, Velk La, he'll be bringing you uh, his top 12 countdown. 12 weeks in the conference season. The first week is this week, so we'll be doing this weekly all the way up until the Big Sky Tournament in Boise. Appreciate John and uh, Velk Law for their continued sponsorship of Skyline Sports. Tell people if they need to get a hold of you, how can they? Uh, just give me a call. Same number since 1991, 406-543-0909. And hopefully you don't need me. That's the best idea. <laughs> that's right. If you don't need Velk, that's a good thing. But if you do need him, if you've been in any sort of accident, you need help with the insurance, any sort of personal injury, you can always call John uh, at his office there at Velk Law. Thanks for being here, buddy. Thank you, pal. Take care. Happy New Year. College athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Coulter Nuanas here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years' experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit SkylineSportsMT.com and subscribe for only $8 a month or $90 a year. SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season. Big Sky Breakdown rolls on. Appreciate all of our sponsors, including Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications has been integral in helping us uh, get our podcast network off the ground and uh, all a bunch of other fun stuff in the multimedia world. They're awesome from a business development standpoint, a business networking standpoint, and uh, just great people to to form 
ideas and hash out intellectual properties with uh, Blackfoot Communications, helping you connect to more. Three big things. We'll start with the Mengrez, since we were just talking top 12 Mengrez of all time. Uh, this will be quick hitting. There's three big things about the Grizz, the Bobcats, the Lady Grizz, and uh, we'll go we'll go Men Grizz, Lady Bobcats, Lady Grizz, Men Bobcats. How about that? Uh, three big things about the Grizz. They have a real starting five that actually fits together now. I think that uh, the addition of Anon Moody and Deshaun Thomas was big uh, for the Grizz. I think sometimes they can go with a big starting lineup that includes Mac Anderson, or sometimes they can go with a more traditional one that includes Lionel Martin Jr. And then, of course, the, the two stalwarts are the two guys from this last couple years' worth of highly regarded recruiting classes that didn't really pan out. Well, two guys did, and they're the guys that stuck around, and they're the guys that Travis Takir decided to keep. So I think that the, the real starting lineup is, is the, the, the first part of it, and the second part, number two big thing about the Grizz, is those two guys that are the stalwarts. Josh Bannon, uh, junior power forward, and Brandon Whitney, junior point guard. I think those two guys... They've improved their games a lot, first and foremost. They're both playing really, really efficiently. They're both playing within themselves. I think you can tell uh, that they're playing with a, a higher level of confidence as, as older guys, which I think is big, and I think that happens as you get older. And I think they both really know their strengths. I mean, South Dakota State's head coach was who pointed it out to me. He's like, man, I love that Whitney kid because – he knows what he can do and he knows what he can't do. Whitney's not a great shooter. He doesn't really even try to shoot. But lately, he's been getting the rim so well. He's shooting so efficiently. And that just makes the entire Montana offense just flow so much more smoothly. So I think if they continue to play within themselves, Josh Banner, Brandon Whitney have a chance to be the best one-two punch in the league. And the third big thing about the Grizz is I think that Travis DeCure, the head coach, deserves a ton of credit. The last couple years for the Grizz have been not good ones. Montana, no matter who the head coach is, is not used to finishing in the middle of the pack with a 500 league record, even when Montana's not you know, top of the conference and and as much as often as not, they have been top of the conference. I mean, thirteen NCAA tournament appearances, you know, over the last whatever it is, forty four years. So about you know whatever that is, a little bit more than one third of the time, they have an opportunity to be champions, and they're almost always in the mix. So to see Montana in the middle of the league the last couple of years uh, has been strange for sure, uh, an anomaly. And and their entertain or their I should say their lack of entertainment value uh, in the brand of basketball they were playing frustrating for sure, uh, to watch. And they've kind of had to endure it. They got burned by a couple transfers. I mean, Michael Stedman, one and done in them and, and basically piecing out and quitting before the end of the year, not great. Uh, Nassim Gaskin getting in trouble and, and basically getting the boot. Transfer from Utah, also not good. And uh, so Travis Secure was try- – I mean, he had a lot of successful transfers early. Martin Bruining, who was an inherited guy, comes to mind. Ahmad Rory comes to mind. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of some of the other really good transfers that they had. Jamar Coe, when he was in his when he was in the good graces of the coaching staff, he was a really good player. So um, – Regardless, I think that they endured a lot of hard times, a lot of adversity. They lost more than they had lost uh, in the first handful of years as this staff has been leading Grizz basketball. And uh, they always believed in Whitney because of his defensive play, and they always believed in Bannon 
because of his overall potential. And now both those guys are blossoming. I think they both look like all league players, at least early on here. And uh, I think that the fact that they kept those guys, and I just I think that the Grizz have a chance to be a lot better than they have been the last two years. And if that's the case, and it uh, just took a, a reshaking, and and Travis Dekir had the courage and uh, the foresight to go um, a completely different direction. Impressive for sure. Uh, three big things about the Bobcat women. Don't let the numbers fool you. They can hurt you in so many ways because they have so many players. Darian White, the leading scorer on the Cats, she's only averaging 11.3 points per game. Leah Beattie is second. Uh, she is averaging 11.1 points per game. And then there's just a smattering of other uh, contributing scorers. But like I said, don't let the numbers fool you. You know, Caitlin Lamardo hit seven threes in a game earlier this year. She can go off at any time. Lexi Deaton uh, can go off at any time coming off the bench uh, for the Bobcats. Grace Beasley has been great as a freshman, uh, the third-leading scorer, averaging 8.3 points per game. Cole Badbear has played limited minutes. She's only played in eight games. And she's been a little bit up and down in the time when she has played. Uh, but if she can get back healthy, that would be a huge boost as well because she's definitely one of the better post players in the league, and she's shown that she can really step up and, and play well in big games as well. Madison Jackson uh, has really adjusted to her role off the bench. Um, I mean, Taylor Jansen has been a proven scorer for this team, and, and now she's had her minutes reduced a little bit because of the emergence of you know, Mara Dykstra and Gracie Beasley and a couple of these other young players. Um, all, that's all to say that the Cats go really deep, and I think that uh, they played a tough non-conference. They did not shoot the ball that well, 39.2% overall, only 29% uh, from deep. But I think that they're battle-tested. They have the best point guard in the league. I think Darren White's the best player in the league. I have said that since she was a freshman, and uh, I'll continue to argue that forever. She's one of the best players I've ever covered in my 16-plus uh, seasons covering uh, women's basketball in the Big Sky Conference. Uh, number two thing about the Bobcat women, the schedule has been very tough, and I think that has impacted their shooting percentage. I think they've also proven, though, that they can win with defense and uh, – I think that they're really bought into Trisha Binford's defensive scheme. And uh, that leaves me the third big thing about the Bobcat women. Binford clearly wanted to test this team in the non-conference. I think that's why she scheduled so many Mountain Wests. They went to Maui for the Maui invite, and they played LSU, who was the number 11 team in the country at the time. They've been as high as number 8, I believe. So uh, really challenging non-conference for the Bobcat women. And that's number 3, is that Binford wanted to test the team in the non-conference for sure. And uh, I think they got that test. There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. Big Sky Breakdown rolls on. Three big things about the Lady Grizz. They need to define their roles better, in my personal opinion. I think Sammy Facken is a really, really talented player as a super senior there for Lady Grizz. She can be your primary creator. Uh, She can be your primary facilitator, if that's what you demand out of her. She can be your off-ball scorer. She can be your energy player running in transition. Uh, She could even be your defensive stopper, if that's what you demanded out of her. I think that they're letting her do all those things. I don't think that that's maybe necessarily making her 
uh, transform into one of the best, if not the best in the league at any of those things. So I think they need to just uh, solidify that role a little bit more. And I also think that to, to further define their roles in terms of their hierarchy, they need Gina Markson, the former All-Big Sky point guard transfer from Idaho, and Carmen G. Feller, who was a first-team All-Big Sky selection a year ago. They need them to be healthy because then if you have Markson, Fakin, and G. Feller, all three at the same time available, everybody else can fall into place. There's been other gals like Haley Heward and Libby Stump and Mackenzie Koning and a variety of other players that have been trying to step up uh, into roles that are very foreign to them because they're young. And uh, so I think if they can get all those those players back healthy and in a rhythm and playing together for long stretches of time, that would be definitely a key. I mean, the Lady Grizz, Thakian, Markson, and GFL are supposed to be three of the most talented, best players in the league. If you get them all three played on the same page, uh, that would be huge. Number two big thing about the Lady Grizz, I think Libby Stump and Matt Koning, the two main freshmen Brian Holsinger brought in, both highly regarded, highly recruited players. Uh, I think that they both are really talented. I think they've both shown great flashes, especially Stump. Uh, she's been great in a couple games, and I still think they have a long ways to go. So I think once the, it clicks for those girls, you know, once they're on their second round of, of Big Sky Conference play, I mean, it's all new right now, right? Once they're on their second round of conference games, I think that will uh, certainly help. And then third big thing uh, about the Montana Lady Grizz, I think Danny Barst, the standout from Helena Capital, I think they need to find a more defined and probably larger role for her as well. She hasn't been playing that much. I do think she's their most athletic post. I think that they've gone back and forth just in terms of trying to keep her out of foul trouble. And uh, I think if she can get back locked in, and they can find a, uh, a more consistent role for her. I mean, she's a 6'2 post who can play face in the basket a little bit. Athletic, should be able to guard on the perimeter and off the bounce and in the post. And uh, I just think that she hasn't had as many minutes or as, as much of a chance to develop. So I just think that she's a talented player that can help you. And I think she could be such a good role player with that core three. And then if you splice the freshman in, all of a sudden there's your six, and then you just need a couple more to come along. Um, so we'll see. Whether you're in the restaurant business or you just want to host any big event, JMV Restaurant Supply can make sure you have everything you need. JMV Restaurant Supply is your home for everything kitchen. Whether you're a bear or a bobcat, an eagle or a Scotty, JMV Restaurant has everything you might need. They have locations in Bozeman, Billings, and Great Falls. If you can't make it in, JMV also has a great website, jvrestaurant.com. Get everything you need for your next event at JMV, your restaurant specialist. Big Sky Breakdown, SkylineSportsMT.com, and then we'll finish with three big things about the defending Big Sky Conference champions, both in the regular season and the tournament, Montana State. They went to the NCAA tournament a year ago. It was their first trip to the NCAAs uh, since uh, 1996, so certainly uh, a ton uh, to be happy about, but now they have a lot of pressure coming in uh, to Danny Sprinkle's fourth season. They are the defending champs now. They have the defending league MVP in Jabril Bello. They have Raekwon Battle back. And uh, Sprinkle was a hot commodity, a guy whose name was in a lot of different coaching uh, circle chats, uh, you know, op- coaching openings and, and who's the best candidate and all that. So there was a lot coming into this year for the MSU men. They've been up and down. We went through that early on uh, in our five big things about Big Sky Conference men's basketball. Uh, but I also think like Trisha Binford uh, on the MSU women's side, and I think like Brian Holsinger 
on the Lady Grizz side and pretty much always like Travis DeCure on the Men Grizz side. I think that Danny Sprinkle uh, definitely wanted to test his team. They've only played four home games so far this year. Two of them were against Warner Pacific and Northwest Indian. One was against a downtrodden Omaha team. And one was against St. Thomas, who's a brand new program in the, out of the Minneapolis area. So the home games were easy. The, the road games, pretty much every single one of them was challenging. Had their lull up in Canada. Uh, but then they won four in a row coming out of that. And part of that was being back at home. I think that they've been inconsistent at best during the non-conference, but they, I think they have an incredibly high ceiling. And I think if they can uh, learn from some of those non-conference performances, that could be big. Uh, number two big thing about uh, the Montana State men, Jabel Bello, I think if he could play like it was, uh, he was playing against Arizona every night, <laughs> that, would, that would be big. He did not play well against Texas Tech in the NCAA tournament last year. Part of that was because he got in foul trouble. And when he was in foul trouble, then Montana State had no ability to hang physically. I mean, Texas Tech was so big, so intimidating. And that's going to be the key for Bellows to stay on the court. But against Arizona, he was great. Seven of eight from the floor, 18 points, six rebounds. He also had five turnovers, though. Missed a couple free throws. So um, him being able to take it to his highest level most consistently and being able to do it in big moments, that uh, will be key if Montana State wants to repeat, but not as key as Raekwon Battle. I think he's the key to it all. I think that he has emerged as a guy who's incredibly um, savvy. I think that when he's riding high, he's one of the most confident players in the the league, and uh, he's certainly one of the most talented players in the league. Uh, He's so athletic. His ability to shoot it is tremendous. I mean, he had a 30-point game at North Dakota earlier this year, also scored 29 against Southern Utah and had the game-winning play. He's averaging 17.2 points per game. Uh, can he sustain it, though? I mean, can when the lights are bright, and he was great when the lights were bright last year at times and then also struggled at times. I mean, he, he didn't play well in Missoula in the uh, the Kakariz game, but he played great in the Big Sky Tournament. And... Uh, so I, I do think that as key as Jabril Bella will be, as key as all the role players on Montana State will be, I think that Raekwon Battle is the key uh, for MSU if they want to make another run at a uh, Big Sky Conference championship. So there you go. That's five uh, interesting things about the men's league and the women's league. Also, three big things about each Montana and Montana State men's and women's basketball and uh, a whole bunch more, the continuation of our Top 12 Grizz Basketball Players of All Time with John Belk. And uh, we really appreciate everybody for their listening and uh, for their continued partnership here at Skyline Sports. Here's a quick look at the games on Thursday night. On the women's side, Idaho State's at Northern Arizona. Weber State is at Northern Colorado. Montana State is at Idaho. And Montana is at Eastern Washington. On the uh, men's side... You pretty much count on it being inverse, but at the end, that's exactly right. Eastern Washington at Montana, Idaho at Montana State, Northern Arizona at Idaho State, Northern Colorado at Weber State. So uh, we'll have more. Uh, we'll probably have some post-game reactions Thursday night, and uh, we'll always have stuff on Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. 
Thanks for hanging out with me here on my vacation day. Big Sky Conference Hoops opens up Thursday night. Excited for it. Always keep it tuned. Big Sky Breakdown Podcast. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Keep on subscribing to SkylineSportsMT.com. And do me a favor. Share it with your friends. If you have friends that you think would like it, just let them know about Skyline Sports. We have a hope most of this content you're listening to lately has been free. Uh, so please help us spread the word. Help us get the name out there. And uh, keep on listening. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. Blackfoot Communications continues to lift up our local entrepreneurs, delivering the resources needed to transform ideas into businesses. Our C2M beta program was founded with the mission to connect local entrepreneurs to more. With access to more professional expertise, more state-of-the-art technology, and more development resources, our 12-week program delivers the foundational and modern skills required to transform influential ideas into thriving businesses. Apply today at goblackfoot.com slash apply. Bye.